Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, everyone. This is Ryan Cote with the Morning Upgrade Podcast. And today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Matt Kleinrock. Hey, Matt. Hey, Ryan. How you doing, man? Doing good. Looking forward to our conversation here. So why don't we start out by you telling everyone what you do and then what your interests are. First, I want to say I didn't know your last name was pronounced like that till you said it. So that's glad. I'm glad I know that now. Most people um, say Coat. Yeah, I wasn't sure, but it's good to know. So I am the uh, chief operating officer of Rockway Exhibits and Events, and uh, we are a trade show exhibit design company in uh, Orlando, Florida. What are your interests? I know before we started recording, you said you play golf and professionally at one point, but what are your interests? Interests, yeah, man. Certainly golf, that's for sure. I mean, that's like always a getaway for me. I love to play. And outside of that, I mean, really, obviously, you know, the family, the kids, all good stuff like that. And I do like to read a good bit. I'm big into personal development, leadership, things of that nature. But not not too much stuff. Not like a boater or a fisher or anything like that. Fisherman or anything like that. Golf pretty much with work and family. That's pretty much all I can squeak out. I like that you at least have golf though. I find that like a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't really have hobbies. You know, it's their, their work yeah. is, you know, it is all encompassing. And so at least you have golf. I'm, I'm realizing myself, I need to get more hobbies and, and I've got reading, like you said, and stuff like that, but definitely uh, golf must be a nice outlet from the normal day to day. I think it's like the one thing that I definitely at times, sometimes I feel like selfishly, I, well, I feel like I sacrifice other things for it. There's only so much you can squeeze in your day, but I don't know. I feel like, I don't know where I would be if for the last 10 years, I didn't play any golf at all and dedicate no time to it. You know, cause I travel, I play some tournaments, like some amateur things, but I love it. It's, it's kind of like a part of my identity. So, you know, I feel like I'd be unhappy without it. Can we talk about a little bit with golf in terms of mindset? This is obviously a personal development podcast and mindset is a big part of that. You said you played professionally for a little bit, obviously a lot of tournaments and all that competition. I know for me, I, I golf a little bit, like I, not good at all, but I, I have played a bunch. And um, to me, in my amateur view of it, it's very much of a mindset thing, especially after you hit a couple of bad shots. Now you're in your head. How did you combat that? How did you deal with the mindset side of golf? So I think golf is really relevant mindset-wise in terms of business or just life in general, right? So I would say when I was younger, I did not have a great mindset at all, you know? And I think a big thing is expectations. So like younger, I go out there, big expectations. Before I even tee off, I'm thinking like, I'm going to play well. I have to play well, but it's, and then when you don't and things start happening, you know, you, you know, you hit one out of bounds, it goes here, you do that, you know, you don't do what you expect. Your brain goes negative. And what I learned longer was that kind of, it really is one shot at a time. It really is okay. If you hit a bad shot and like teeing up on the first tee and just knowing like, I'm going to hit a bad golf shot today. It's just a matter of when not trying to, but it's going to happen. It's okay. And the only thing I can do is focus on what's next. Seemingly just like in business, when something goes wrong, like things are going to go wrong. It's just, okay, it's done. It's over. You can dwell on it, but really the only, the only thing you control is obviously doing something next, um, to react to it. Yeah. So golf's the same way. Yeah. It reminds me of a book I've read recently called The Untethered Soul. It was mo mostly about like the voice in your head and how you have to separate yeah. yourself from it. Like it's you, you oh. like, it reminds me like you're playing golf and you, you're, you're physically there playing and you got the voice in your yeah. head talking, looking at, you know, talking about the bad shot you just hit. 
and you have yeah. to kind of like separate yourself. It's like two different things. That's kind of what I got from it. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 read a lot about the idea, like with meditation, the idea of like, okay, you get bad thoughts, like you know, they come into your head naturally, and everybody has them. You can't just ignore them because then you think about them more. Almost, you have to recognize, like, okay, I'm having this thought; it's a negative thought, and just kind of shuffle it along and just move it through. And you know, people use the positive self-talk and all that stuff to an, you know, to an extent that is so true. Like if you're, if you're negatively self-talking yourself, you know, how can you ever think that you won't? So you have to take that negative thought. Like if you have a four foot putt and you're like, Oh, I'm going to miss this. Oh God, Alan, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. You have to move that along and think like, I'm going to make this. What's my line? What's you have to think the positive things and replace your mindset. And I think that's, you know, true with golf and anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So why don't we talk about your morning routine, Matt? What does that look like? Okay, morning routine. I have been avid since it's like 21, 22, where I get up early and I work out. I just feel like, particularly now with kids and running a business, is if I can work out from five anywhere from five o'clock or five thirty to six thirty in that range, I can work out uninterrupted. There's, you know, I don't really have anything that's being emailed or called or asking to do stuff. The kids are still asleep. So that's huge for me. That's just like starts my day because health is big for me. So that's really the main aspect of my morning. And then now I have a 13 month old. So coming back early and just getting at least 20, 30 minutes with her is really important. It's nice. And then I can sort of, when I'm home, I can retreat to my home office. I'm a big newly into time blocking, I guess. And mapping my days better and using a planner and like really being aggressive on that. So I try to spend time and my morning routine to do that before I even check my email. Sounds good. In terms of like your workout, is it like a home gym or were you going to a gym before and now you've converted into a home gym? What does that look like? No, I go to a gym. I've always had a hard time working out at home. I don't know why I like to go to a gym. It's like a process for me. And I guess the nature, like, you know, I don't like to ride the bike or anything like that, or do things that some people like to do. I like to work out. I like to lift weights. I like to do a variety of things. So having a full gym is always big to me. So I live in Jacksonville. So when I'm here, I go to a gym and then I'm at my office in Orlando, probably like half, a, you know, I split my week in half, I'm half my weeks in Orlando. So I have a gym there as well that I get up and go to. Any other health hacks that you've, I mean, you got the, you've got working out, you wake up at five, five thirty, work out any other, um, health, hacks, yeah. health is a big thing for you. Any other things, any, yeah. any other habits that you do that are worth sharing? Drink a ton of water. I should drink more, but it's like one of the truest things ever So drink a ton of water. And then number two is just dieting, man. And dieting really is all about, I think from all the research I've done is not always so much about like People think dieting, you have to restrict all these foods and you can only eat, you know, like grilled chicken and broccoli. It's not really true. It's just about reduction in calories. Most people eat way too many calories. So it's like, you know, you can have a piece of pizza, like, but just don't have four, you know? (laughs) And if you're going to have four, do it on like a cheat day on a Sunday. Like I do that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, talking about six days out of the week, you know, just controlling your calories is huge. So I want to talk about you're in the trade show business. And so obviously with COVID, that's taken a, a temporary hit. And I want to talk about, I don't want to talk negatively about business and, and COVID. I more want to focus on how you guys have pivoted, the, the mindset required for that, what you guys have done to get through it, or we're still getting through it. Anything you can share? Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. So this has definitely been, you know, I've been pretty much in this business because it was, you know, we'll say 10 years now. And I've learned, I don't want to say I've learned more in these 10 months. I mean, basically in March, they started pulling exhibits off the show floor. And that's really when we knew that this was serious, right? That they were not going to have trade shows. And we've not seen a trade show since. You know, we were about 25 or 26 employees then. March 15th, probably toughest day of my life. I had to let go of 20 employees. Then afterwards, you know, it was kind of a weird thing. You kind of had the first two months was like this weird, no one knew what was going on, but, you know, smaller crew, we communicated a lot. It kind of was like this, ah, things will be okay. We're just going through a little thing. And then it, June, July were like the dog days, man. People were getting depressed. It was just, even my brain, it's, it was just hard, you know, because yeah. you're used to moving, shaking, selling, working with customers, improving the business, meetings, and it's just nothing. And there really wasn't like a clear pivot to me because the economy came to a bit of a screeching halt in the beginning, particularly with what we do. So I learned a ton, especially about leadership. You know, I think it's easy to kind of talk the talk when things are good and it's easy to walk the walk when things are good, but really you're really tested when things are bad. That it's, I learned that this year. That was the biggest lesson I think I learned was that you have to be a great leader and you have to, if you really believe the things that you preach and things that you're basing your business on and that you have to do it when things are bad, just like when things are good. Before we were recording, we were talking about how we both try to incorporate personal development into our workplace. Mm -hmm. And so I'd imagine that helped out a lot with uh, what you guys are going through and what you went through, you know, all the books you've read and just, you know, the lessons that everyone has learned. Would you say that played a factor in at least, you know, helping to get through things? Yeah. Absolutely. And not to the degree like everything's been perfect, right? It's not like the books and the reading and the communicating in a certain manner made everything perfect. But I'll give you a really good example. I forget the date that it was. Maybe it was like May. And um, I was not going to Orlando every single week. Obviously, you know, there wasn't much of a need. The five people in the office were going in on some days, some days not. You know, they based it on their comfortability with the virus and different things like that. But, you know, we were having weekly meetings and talking on Zoom and we were trying to do things to improve the business, right? A lot of internal things, SOPs, trainings, hiring processes, like really trying to lock down a lot of stuff that maybe we didn't have time to. We were you know, cleaning out the back. But there's one moment, and I think I mentioned this book to you when we were talking. It's called Winning with Accountability. And about a year and a half prior, I had read that book with my leadership team. And it was the most surprising, shocking little book that really affected us for, I think, the long haul. And we were on a Zoom call, and I was just not doing a good job of holding the meetings, setting deliverables after the meetings, saying like, okay, we talked about this, and who's going to execute it? When will it be done? What day? What time? Like All those things. And Liz, my director of account management, was just like, kind of just called me out. you know. And that goes back to our principles as well, which is we call radical candor, which I stole from Ray Dalio when I read his book, Principles, that People need to have radical candor. You need to say things the right way. Obviously, I'm her boss, but she said it the right way, but she also held me accountable. She she wasn't going to let me get away with not doing my job just because I'm the boss. So twofold yeah. there was huge. And that was just a huge wake-up call for me. And I just like, I realized it in the moment and I apologized and I was like, damn, I'm going to fix this. You know what I mean? And I just started to correct the ship. Yeah, that's why I love this stuff because it's you know you're never fully at the destination. This is like an ongoing life journey. Everything with related to personal development and leadership yeah. and everything under that. It's it's a 
it's always a work in progress. And I'm definitely going to check well, out. It that was book. just amazing. It was just amazing that in that moment that I was really, I don't think I realized how much I was suffering with this all going on. And it was, like I said, when things are tough, it's hard to be a great leader. And I wasn't being a good leader. And I think my team recognized it and they told me the right way. And then I feel like since then, we've really gotten things back on track. We've accomplished a ton. We're still accomplishing a ton with no business going on in trade show space. So I think that stuff is really valuable when you, when you see the applications of it, when things actually happen embody the fact that we read that book, that we have certain key principles. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. Winning with accountability. I've not, I have not come across that book. So I'm definitely going to check it out. So Matt, I got one more question for you and then um, we'll wrap up by you telling everyone, you know, what's the best way they can connect with you. If they want to learn more. So I like to talk about happiness on this podcast. It's, in, it's a, just an interesting concept mm-hmm. to me. What's your definition of happiness? What's your approach to happiness? Okay, so I used to keep approach happiness. Like I used to keep a note in my phone that I took back in like 2010 or 11. I still have it, and I just wrote down happiness, and then I kind of just wrote down all the things that I think make me happy, right? And I, I've evolved it over the years, and it's just kind of a refocus. Interestingly enough, this year during this pandemic, I have a buddy of mine. His name is Doug Foley, and we went to college together, and he wrote a book. And he wrote a book called The Breakout Blueprint. And prior to that, he had a, his own podcast called The Happiness of Pursuit. And Doug's a very smart guy. He owns Foley Media. He, when I was reading his book, he interviewed, I always pronounce his last name wrong, his name's Tom Billow, the guy from Impact Theory. Yeah. He owns Quest Nutrition. Okay. He interviewed Tom Billow and he asks a question at the end of his podcast, seemingly just like you just asked me. And it was, you know, you know, what, what tidbit can you give to our reader, you know, our listeners about how to be happy, how to find happy, how to this and that. And Tom Bill just gave him the funniest answer. He was like, well, chocolate, but if you want temporary happiness. And he goes, what I think you're asking me, Doug, is how do I find fulfillment? And when I read that this year, it just totally changed the way I looked at, at, at happiness. And it's the first time Doug had heard it, but even I, about people using fulfillment and happiness kind of together. And it kind of made me rethink the question, right? Because happiness really can be temporary. And then there's a lot of things you could do to be happy. You know, like I could go play golf just around a golf with my buddies and have a bunch of beers and I'm happy, right? But yeah. I think fulfillment is really more what most people are looking for when they use the term happiness, because fulfillment is like a longer term thing. You are doing things to fulfill yourself and you feel fulfilled. So that's kind of how I started looking at it after I read that, which is very recent. Yeah. I think I have a good grip on what those things are for me. Is that what you'd want to know? Or No, I think that's personal to you and everyone. I think, yeah. I think, it's, a, I think it's a good mindset shift though. Um, you know, it's more about fulfillment and I guess life satisfaction versus happiness. Yeah. Those are more... And happiness are... is a great thing too. It's just when I heard how Tom Billow answered the question, it really did, you know, like you said, it was just kind of a mind sh- mindset definitely. shift, really. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, this was great. I feel like we can talk for, for hours um, on these topics. And uh, I really appreciate everything you uh, you shared. The books that I hadn't heard of before, definitely going to read those. And we'll, put, we'll link them up in the show notes. If anyone wants to connect with you, what's the best uh, best way for them to do so? Probably email. I'm an avid emailer. I'm on my email all the time. So it's, uh, it's Matt, M-A-T-T, 
at rockwayexhibits.com and rockway is r-o-c-k-w-a-y exhibits is uh e-x-h-i-b-i-t-s.com awesome yeah and we'll link up that and uh and your and rockway's website too in the show notes page so uh, awesome yeah thank you everyone can learn more cool thanks matt good talk with you and thanks for having me on yeah you're welcome take care thanks for listening to the morning upgrade podcast Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.